0: Today's show is sponsored by LifeVac. Thank you to LifeVac for supporting everything with Ali Levine and being a part of this episode. LifeVac is a non-powered, non-invasive portable suction and used to clear upper airway obstruction. God forbid you need this type of support. You want it portable and simple. LifeVac is just that and more. LifeVac has been featured on CBS, ABC. NBC, the doctors, and Fox and Friends because the rewards are priceless in saving so many lives. Lifeback is a revolutionary product that can actually save your child's life from a choking accident. I know for me, I want to feel prepared to face a situation where I need to rescue my babies, a million Arlie, from choking. Choking can be one of the scariest moments to experience as a mother. I actually do remember having a scare with Amelia when she was a baby and it was so scary and I wish I knew about life back then, especially since I was alone. Join me today in the revolution to protect our loved ones in a choking emergency. It's so important not only to keep our babies safe, but also do everything in our power to proactively protect them from these types of situations. So go to lifeback.net, use my code ALI5, capital A-L-I number five, to get $5 off your purchase. Thank you to Lightback for being part of the show today. And don't forget, go to lightback.net so you are protected with your family and use my code, Allie5, to get $5 off your purchase.
1: This is Everything with Allie Levine, hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Allie Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything. From motherhood to fashion, lifestyle, to spiritual well-being, all real and raw. Ali interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained.
0: Hi loves, welcome back. I am so, so, so excited for today's guest. I literally have like goosebumps and I'm giddy. I love this woman and everything she does and who she is. I have the incredible Joe Frost, the most globally recognized parenting expert in her field, having acquired a legacy of over 30 years of experience in her genre. She is an award-winning, best-selling author, TV host, and expert, best known for her show Super Nanny. In addition to Frost, it's founder of Nanny Joe Productions, which has produced shows such as Nanny on Tour, Britain's Killer Kids, and Extreme Parental Guidance. And Joe has just been featured Everywhere when it comes to the parental arena, like within over 25 years, getting her career as a professional soul-charged British nanny, she has honored and honed in on her life degree with successful methods of child-rearing with hands-on real-life experience. And Frost has just encouraged and helped parents find results of different child-rearing challenges, from potty training and sibling rivalry to sleep challenges and tantrums, and continues to place practical solutions into the homes. Whether the problems are extreme or everyday challenges, Joe Frost experienced as TV's leading parental educator, has brought her lasting global recognition. I mean, Joe, I could go on and on about you. You're a bro- proud global ambassador for the United Nations campaigns. You, you do amazing work. You work with these young mind charities and support their emotional and mental health of children and young people. I am so honored to have you here. Welcome to my show.
2: Thank you so much. I
0: really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you and I met um, back in IRL when the world was uh, open at (laughs) at your amazing super nanny event. I was pregnant with my second daughter, Arlie, and I got to chat with you. And even then you were so warm and so wonderful. And you were giving me advice even then of how to transition into having two and all of these things. I just love the way you encourage and empower Parents, I mean you have like I said you have such a resume. Joe. how did you like get into all of this? Like was this always a passion for you? Um,
2: no, it wasn't um, It wasn't, you know, a, a conscious decision. Do I have passion for families and children? Absolutely. Um, I think very early on um, that was always mentioned by friends and family um, That as a little girl, I always connected with other children was a social butterfly Um, you know, would chatter on to other children. Um, I loved, you know, I I loved being around babies and kids and just really, you know, to me, it just felt very, very organic, very natural. So when I went into professionally nannying um, as a career in the UK, um, it took me uh, to different parts of the world, um, helping families. And I progressed after many, many years underneath my belt in really giving consultation to other professional nannies and to families. Um, And then I arrived in this kind of hot seat of, you know, nanny hotline, call her if you're in trouble and you need help and um, you're having challenges, whatever they are. Or simply, how do I dot, dot, dot? So, you know, the uh, house line back in the day was rather busy, um, but it did lead to having an opportunity um, to help families, um, where at first I thought it was just giving families um, tidbits of information that would be used um, for a a combination of different advice. Um, Little did I know that when I was asked by the production company to help this lady, um, that it would turn into... Um, a worldwide show um a successful one in being able to garner my experience in helping families worldwide, so you know the the abundance of experience and the opportunity uh, really has given me a platform to continue educating and helping families and you know what a journey so far it 's been absolutely fantastic, and I do it because I care, I do it because you know i love working with families, um, I'm a, an advocate for children. And, and because, you know, my why is because I believe that every child and every family um, deserve, you know, the best shot at being able um, to have a life and an education and a health and an environment um, that is positive. Um, and so to be able to empower parents with my knowledge and to pass that forward and to be able to give children Um, the visibility when they feel so invisible in certain circumstances um, is really an honor and a privilege to be asked um, and trusted by so many to be able to help.
0: I love that and I love what you said like for you in the beginning it was just like these little tidbits like of just information and then it became this incredible space of you actually becoming a full blown expert in your field, but not just an expert, Joe. I feel like even for me, when I first, you know, like I said, when I first met you at the super nanny event, like you have just such a warm energy about you where you just are so inviting and so welcoming and you don't feel ashamed as a parent and you don't feel, you know, like, oh my gosh, can I ask her this question? And you're so relatable and endearing. And I'm sure that's attributed to so much of your success and why your why is working.
2: Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that.
0: Um, well, that's just kind of who I am, Ali.
2: You know, I'm, I'm the lady that you sit around and have a cup of tea with and, you know, talk about what's going on with the kids. It's not about judgment. It's about recognising, you know, that, that everybody gets to a point where they need a little bit of advice on one thing or another. And, um, you know, my experience lends itself to be able to help those families. And it's really about taking the complicated out of a situation that can be very overwhelming for many. Um, And, you know, when the show first came out back in 2004, you know, it was just right. It was a good time. They say everything is about timing. um, And it certainly was. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer in that. And here we are again. You know, I think the show has always been a staple for many families over 16 years but it couldn't be any more prominent than what we're seeing right now in the pandemic and really helping families to thrive rather than to survive because um, I I don't want to subscribe to the cancel culture of 2020. I want us to recognize as families um, how we must move forward um, and the new priorities and rituals um, and the way that we raise our children moving forward becomes a new norm because I really do feel having spent as I said 16 years on television traveling around the world and certainly 48 states of this country uh, that we we normalized too much within the family dynamic that I had too much of a cost to every individual family member and you know, I've seen it firsthand. I'm in these homes behind closed doors to many, um, sitting down and discussing and talking and really um, opening up those conversations of of how families are feeling. So I do hope that through the moments and the days and sometimes the weeks or maybe a couple of months so far out of our seven months, um, that we are coming to a space of discussing with other family members and our partners, look, how do we move forward with this? Because there are a few things actually I've really liked and there are others that we definitely don't want to do moving forward, you know? It's all a conversation, but uh, when we can apply action with it, then we can make progress. So let's just keep it slightly more simple and uh, not so
0: complicated.
2: Life is complicated enough as it is, Ali. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah I mean but I'm getting teary-eyed listening to you because it, you know as much as obviously this pandemic has been so hard for so many and it has been a very weird time for everyone I really appreciate what you said of like really getting that quality time with your children really getting to be present and parent because I realize that for myself as now a mom of two I I'm so much more intentional of my time and what I'm doing with the girls. I'm so much more aware of that space and the energy I'm allowing around them and around myself and my husband and I, and the way we have been connecting. And there's just so much good that has come out of this slower time. And I love how you just preface that.
2: Yeah. And well, I think it's important to be able to recognize that. And I think it's also vital that we acknowledge on on your podcast that there are a lot of families right now um that are in not such a privileged space um and even shedding a light um at the end of the day of what they're grateful for and being able to place some form of normalcy of schedule for the families and and homing in on the fact that really the rest is materialistic you know having our families Uh, stable right now and secure um, is what is important and that's going to take not just what we can control within our own home environment but it's also recognizing um, the importance right now in the space that we're in in this country and recognizing that we need leadership to support fundamentally the importance of families and recognize its value in our society for all, Um, and I say that again, for all families, because it certainly isn't the case. Um, And I want more um, families to be aware of that. Uh, When when I travel around the rest of the world, um, I see families um, have longevity and happiness because they come together as a community and they help one another. And I, I, I certainly think to some degree the technology era brought us closer, but yet more disconnected. And so I feel in this time we must use the technology to keep us um, socially more together and connected whilst we physically hold our distance. Uh, But we must almost, you know, recognize as well, the importance of helping one another. It is a time where we really must take reverence to the importance of a collective mindset and not individualism because me myself and I is is not working and never did you know we need to be a we culture Um, every mother needs to um, have empathy and and to help another mother and to be able to pass on you know her wisdom in feeling that. Um, Another mother is supported by her. It's rather frightening at times when I see the chat boards and the forums and, and sometimes, you know, mothers can be very unkind to other mothers and we must all come together and support one another because we all have our own journey, you know, we're all trying to do the best we can. Um, We all love our children, we all don't get it right, and we're certainly not all perfect. But our children love us unconditionally, they know that we're doing the best that we can, and we must learn to be able to cut some slack ourselves, because nobody will give us permission. So we, you know, sometimes for, for mothers it's a tough lesson to learn, they have to surrender and let go, and recognize that they're the ones who will need to give themselves the slack give themselves the break, give themselves the moment to decompress. Um, and I think that's part of, you know, the, the journey of parenting, you know, I think we learned, we learn that kind of on the job as such.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's such a great message when you were saying with all of us, you know, being, coming together, being together, especially when it comes to moms, I completely agree with you when it comes to the shaming and the not so nice things that, you know, how moms can be. And, You know, I have even seen on my social, you know, different moms, you know, say to me like, oh, you know, why are you doing it that way? Or, you know, oh, I can't believe, you know, you, you know, you do this or you share that. And it's like, we should all be building each other up. I'm always encouraging moms when they reach out to me and connect with me on social media, like, hey. I'm glad you're reaching out to me. If this works for you, great. But if it doesn't, like, don't take it to heart. You know, every, you know, child, every baby, every, every individual is different. We're all different beings. Like you said, we're all on different journeys. And it's just so interesting to me with the way, you know, in so many of our mom groups that I'm in, how sometimes the shaming and the nastiness and the judgment can be so heavy. You know, why do you think that is with mothers? I um, uh- I think that we 're too quick I think we 're too
2: quick um, to to judge somebody else and to put somebody else down and you know i I give a wide berth for for women who I see do as such um, because we don 't know what their story is or what a tough time they 're having. I think the most importance to remember is to respond with grace. Um, However, I just, you know, everybody has an opinion um, of, what they, of what they think um, is the best way. Um, and I think everybody um, has a platform to discuss and to converse. Um, and, I, and I just feel that we have to take it into our own hands of how much we let in of that, you know, um, and to not allow it to, affect us in that way. And it's, and I, and I say that especially for the Instagram mums out there, because I do see, you know, a hell of a lot of of mums who have an Instagram um, platform um, that are connecting with other mums, um, And it's sort of like a, you know, a full-time job for them as well because they're promoting brands and they're looking after their children at the same time. Um, And, you know, I would say that I think it's important to be able to find the balance. You know, I've had many a professional uh, conversation with mothers where um, the conversation is: "Look, it's okay, um, you know, to to earn money, um, supporting a brand, and coming together if it's natural and organic, but not if it's at the cost of the kids because they don't want to sit and." T- or because you turn off, or you know, uh, the kids will get to react. Should always be from a place of more grace and understanding that they're just maybe not having a good day.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think that's so important. Um, I gotta love being on Zoom for you know social distancing. Um, I we yeah. lost right before you were saying about giving yourself grace, you cut out. Could you just kind of reiterate the last part of what you were saying?
2: Yeah, I think it's just always important to recognize that as we expose ourselves more on social media um, and we're out there posting and writing, uh, that we open ourselves up to those who want to troll and those who want to shame. And how we react, respond, Um, has to be a choice so you know you you never know why somebody chooses to respond the way they do um, fully ever but I always think that if you are going to make a choice to respond it shouldn't be reactional and should be with grace um, because we are you know we are all learning ourselves I mean look there are some very relatable techniques that can be used um, and circumstances and an education behind child development of why things happen. If you think about, you know, the super nanny show, there are so many families, they have their own journey, but you may find that those families are are troubled with sleep. Um, And there are some good solid foundations and information and education to help those families, regardless of their dynamic. You know, there are just some know, ABC tips that every family should be taking into account, you know. Um, And then there is the families growing their own intuition by default of raising their own families and getting to know their children better. So, you know, I think it's a, a nice balance. I never think it should be one or the other. And we've become so polarized in our parenting views um, that really my job is to pull everybody back to a middle ground because I feel that that's a fairer place for us all to start rather than putting us in one box or the other.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I love that you said but like, kind of bring it all back together. And I mean, I think also the pandemic has also kind of done that where it's kind of in a weird way, even the playing field as far as like taking everything away from everyone as far as kind of work and the world is concerned and kind of having everyone be home. And of course it's all, you know, protocols, but at the same time on a heavier level, I feel like of what you're just saying of like bringing everyone back together. It's kind of like everyone starting over from, you know, day one and having everything else of their lives, they put on hold and then having to start over and start fresh and start anew. And so, you know, it's interesting that you, Say that, and I appreciate you sharing also with social media the importance of connection, but also of the realness and the pressures because I experienced that all the time myself as, you know, a quote unquote influencer and, you know, mommy blogger and all these things. And I say quote unquote, because, you know, when I look at myself, I'm like, okay, I, you know, I'm glad that people love my content and I'm happy that I can share and I can help others. But to me, it's like, I'm I'm not a fan of the word influencer because I don't like to think I influence people. I like to think that I inspire and I empower others to, you know, do better and moms to feel better and to feel good about themselves and to be empowered and not feel alone. And it is very overwhelming at times, It's overwhelming in the judgment space. It's overwhelming in the content space. It's just overwhelming, you know, all together. And so I appreciate you saying that for like Instagram moms that are doing this for a job that, you know, that there also is that piece of it too.
2: Yes. I mean, it very much is. And I'm just, you know, I'm keeping it very real with you, Ali, here, because you know, I, I appreciate and I'm you know the first in the front line uh with the importance of you know women in the workforce. Um I'd like that supported with affordable childcare um, and certainly fundamentally a department for children and families um that would honour the importance of uh certainly creating a system. That would support families better in this country and um, hopefully that will happen um, um but I, I do think it is, it, it is a conversation that i don't think anybody's really having right now and that is how do we balance being working mums at home who manage and blog our instagram accounts and still continue to not think of every moment as a a picture moment or a blog or a opportunity but just to recognize right today it's not about work today I'm just you know what I'm just going to hang with the kids and I'm going to refrain from picking my phone up and just be in the moment and not have to capture everything because I know that that would work well for the Instagram that would work well for my account I, I think we've got to have a mindfulness about that. Otherwise, we're going to be raising children who are going to be fighting for our attention because they're going to be raised from little children right the way up, recognizing. Um, that every time I was with Mummy and daddy, there was always the camera out, there was always the video, there was always this, there was always, we had to take a picture every time we had spaghetti, or, you know, every time we went for an ice cream, it was smile, you know, so there has to be the balance. That's all I'm saying is that I think it's important that we can um, have the discipline, you know, the self-discipline to recognize the moments when it's work and the moments when it's not otherwise it will very slowly creep in to dictate our lives we'll start to think right we can't have the leftovers on tuesday night because i photographed it on monday do you know what i'm saying so i i think that's important it's an important conversation to have and i, I don't i don't really see that ha- happening at the moment on the you know i haven't seen that conversation float around have
0: you no not really and i appreciate you you know, definitely sharing that and bringing light to it because I've even had to recognize for myself of what you were just saying. Like, I can't have my phone every moment and be trying to document every single thing unless it's for my own personal you know memories of course and i want to have something of what's going on but for work i i've had to tell myself like okay i'm going to leave my phone in the other room or i'm not going to record every single thing that we're doing today because it needs to be intimate it needs to be between us it needs to be you know and it's and it's hard because especially for someone like myself who really shares my everyday life and it's not really necessarily one area of content. And that's kind of where I'm expected to show up. It's hard because it's like, well, how do you show your whole life without, you know, showing your whole life? But it's like, you're right. You have to find these little spots and pockets to say, I'm not going to record this right now, or I'm going to leave my phone, or we're just going to go have fun. It's not going to be about that. And it's funny you say that because I've noticed with my toddler, Amelia, she's very smart and very bright. And she, you know, the other day I was, you know, she's usually like playing around when I, you know, do some Instagram stories and whatever. And the other day she said to me, no cheese mama. And I said, Oh, okay. And I put my phone down and I said, Oh, wow. I know. And I said, wow. "I said, you don't want me to video. And she was no cheese yeah. right now. Not right now. I said, okay and I put my and I honored her you know her r- request I put my Amazing. phone down and I got in the tent and I was playing with her but I didn't even realize that she even had was going to have that reaction yes you see and um, so you know as I
2: say I come with information just to educate it's not to judge but it is to make Mothers aware of that circumstance or fathers who are out there, you know with their own, you know dad accounts but it's something that we just take for granted as adults and because you know We're not in that space of thinking what are our children thinking, but you know, that's that's my work My work is to bridge the gap so that there's an understanding between parent and child and what the child needs and, and what the child is thinking And you know, to to have these conversations allow us to be able to bridge that gap and to um, create um, you know conversation that makes us think. Once they've heard you know this podcast, you know it will make people go away and think, yes, I need to be more mindful of that, and and to recognise that maybe my children are thinking you know the same. So you know, it's it's a good conversation to certainly have, and um, to to just about normalising so much. Um, in today's society with us and, you know, parenting through this pandemic and I think it's important. Look, we've normalized not eating together. We normalized not spending quality, not quantity, but we normalized not spending quality time together as a family in the evening. We normalized finding excuses of why we couldn't actually sit down and iron out a few situations with our spouses that may have been troubling and just sort of got shoved underneath the rug. We normalized those that we would compare ourselves to, which is a dangerous sort of game to do, for those mothers who were juggling 50 plates and looked like, looked like through photos, um, that they were doing a splendid job when actually they're emotionally burnt out, you know, um, in every area. And we normalised spending too much time in the car playing chauffeur um, because we were normalising over scheduling. Um, you know, we normalised us not having adequate healthy sleep as a family and the detriments of um, sleep deprivation. Um, we normalised not playing out as much and spending more time video gaming. Uh, we've normalised Um, the convenience of just grabbing um, fast food and convenient packaged frozen foods rather than dabbling a little bit at home with some homemade cooking, recognizing that um, it's uh, less sodium and less sugar, which is healthier for our children in the long run. Um, And I I certainly um, say the last one um, as a bridge towards parents and teachers, but I can certainly say having given many tips and counsel to many teachers in different schools across America, we kind of normalised getting a little bit defensive when teachers who are our first point of call, um, talking about our children that may not be able to sit still and to focus or to listen very well. We became very defensive about, you know, what that meant for us as a parent and now we're singing their praises because we know um, that they have a very difficult job at this time and They are very dedicated in their profession of what they give to our children on so many levels. So, you know, I'm hoping um, that what I've just spoken about will be something that each parent will think more of so that when we move forward in 2021, um, we are setting already the new practices and rituals and prioritizations of what works for our family. And we have this opportunity right now in 2020 to really carve that out and to discuss that with our spouses or those that support us if we're our single parent in being able to make new norms and new rituals as we go into 2021 so you know it's been tough for many families but there is i do believe there is silver lining and if we can just put different spectacles on and decide that we're going to do that um we will see much you know, we'll see much. So my job has been helping um, many families since March, over 1200 families to actually see through different spectacles and to take the complicated out of the circumstances that they've been left with. And um, some of it has been extremely bleak and and for others, um, you know, um, it has been everyday challenges and There are those families that are dealing with grief and uh, learning to live alongside that and um, those families that are learning to live alongside anxiety. And um, I think nobody is exempt from that. But the first priority must be um, for us to uh, cut ourselves some slack, but to listen to the scientific data. And number one priority is to keep ourselves, our families safe, and in doing so, we're protecting others to keep their families safe too.
0: Absolutely. Well, and, you know, I know you've been doing a lot of private coaching right now, Joe, when it comes to, like you said, during this time with everyone being home, how has it been for you to kind of pivot and transition into, I mean, of course, I know you were coaching many families, but I'm sure a lot of it was obviously in person. Now that you're doing things mostly remote due to everything going on, how has that been for you being able to reach families and do the work that you do? Do you feel you're still able to really, you know, handle things the way you would handle them in person with the families? Yes. Well, Ali, um, Ali um,
2: I don't think a lot of people knew, actually. I think they're beginning to realize. But, um, you know, this is the work that I do professionally. So, you know, I have a private consultation company um, where I give advice and help families. Um, sometimes they just, um, you know, it all depends what it is. Sometimes it's an actual challenge. It may be a sleeping challenge and they want the advice, and it could be every day I'm speaking to them for, you know, four or five days. Um, sometimes it's a groundbreaking um, session. Um, you know, each one is bespoke in its own way. Um, but I've had that company for a very long time. So the TV help um, is just an extension of really my brand and my company. Um, but the company's been given consultation and advice for a very long time. Um, and then, of course, you see me, you know, write books or do different TV shows or seminars. Um, but my I work, I, I do seminars and I do private clinics in corporate companies. Um, there are many, a, many a company that are now realizing and that to effectively have a company that thrives and is productive means to understand the welfare of its employees and to make sure that family life um, is better for them. So, you know, I may do parental clinics uh, for a corporate company for a week or um, hold seminars for them. And then there's the individual private um, family or perhaps for schools and their and their parents and teach and uh, children. So um, there's many forms in which I, you know, many ways in which I give my advice. Um, but when the pandemic did hit in the way that it did February, late February, March, um, I went into voluntary service in being able to pr- provide immediate help for those families um, you know, that needed it and uh, to the frontliners, the doctors, the nurses, the essential workers, you know, to be able to help them create some normalcy because of their call to duty. Um, and so that was very, for me, just very, very natural. You know, it was a no brainer for me. I knew exactly what I was going to be doing. Um, and um, that's settled down a little bit now. And, um, you know, in between, I'm doing my consultation as well. So, um,
0: Yes. I'm a busy bee. I'm a busy bee, (laughs) Allie. I know. I love it. But I mean, like you just showed that, you know, you, you pivoted, you kind of figured things out and you, you know, did as much as you possibly could, like you said, as volunteer work for so many that needed it, as well as continuing your consultations, which is, you know, incredible. And I'm sure a lot of times too, for parents, like how you were saying before, you know, the, the shaming and the judgment. I'm sure a lot of times it's hard at first for parents to come to you to ask for help and to not feel judged.
2: Uh, no, Ali, they have no problem. They really? have, no, yeah, they have no problem coming to me. I mean, i I have um, an inbox that is in the thousands of people asking for help, um, and it has been for you know it's been you know, it has been for 16 years, 17 years um you know that you know my company's never short of people asking for help and wanting consultation um and I think really um it just solidified it even more with the tv shows the different types of formats because you know well people know that I care people know that they will get the truth from me they'll know that my the 30 plus years of experience is not a Google search. I mean, look, if you, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we, the parenting is a billion dollar empire, you know, and there's so much information out there. I don't think I've ever seen families uh, less confident than ever, you know, because there's just too much information out there. And it's like sticking a child in a cereal aisle and asking them to choose one cereal out of 50, you know? So, um, I think for many families, um, they, you know, they know that when they're coming to me for help, it's because they want the change. And I, I make no joke about that on my shows. I always say, be careful what you wish for, because if you really want to be happy in a different place and successful, and if you really want your eight hours sleep, then you've come to the right place, you know, um, so you, you know, um, I I joke with that, but I think, you know, really the work was done over 10 years ago, just, you know, coming to America and it being consistent with the work that I give and People know, you know, people, people smell BS a mile away. People know when you're genuine and authentic and when you're not, you know, so um, oh, absolutely.
0: And I mean, listen, well, like I, you know, noticed that about you. I told you in the beginning of the show when, you know, I yeah, said, you met me. So, you know, we met so authentic, but what I was saying was, is that absolutely completely agree with everything you said. And I think people absolutely resonate with you and know that I guess my question, maybe I phrased it wrong was more like parents must judge themselves in a way, even though they want your help and come to you, is it hard for them to allow that navigation because they are judging themselves?
2: Um, well, I think what you're trying to say is, do families, once I'm in the home with them helping them, do they find it difficult? And is there pushback? Is that what you're saying? Do they get sometimes resisted yeah, I mean, kind of. There's
0: no right or wrong answer here, yes. obviously, but more just... I- you know, is it hard because I know for myself, I judge myself as a parent all the time. And as a you know mom, am I doing the right thing? Is this right? Is that right? You know, so I can't, I can imagine like as warm and welcoming as amazing you are, I would still also feel that I would have some kind of intimidation of like, well, but am I doing things right? Or what's happening? You know what I mean? And so that's I what think, I'm asking. Yeah, I think what
2: we have seen and what you do see as well um, is, you know, families can be tough on themselves, Um, and they can, you know, want picture perfect, which doesn't exist. Um, And they can be their, you know, their their toughest, they can be their toughest audience, you know, um, with respect to um, doubting themselves. And, you know, my job is to make them feel more confident with the education they're being given and to empower them to feel better once they have put the work in. Um, But certainly helping Um, Some of the families that you've seen on uh, season eight, for example, uh, there were a couple of families that really pushed back um, and became quite aggressive. And um, at that point, you know that you're dealing with families that are fearful or, um, you know, are, are feeling maybe some form of guilt Um, and now it's been exposed and they're worried about how they will be perceived. Um, So it's important to recognize that and to to be able to know, and it's only your experience that brings you to that place of knowing who you're talking to and how to talk to that person. So that certainly you can bring them down, back down from the ledge that they're sitting on um, because they're feeling so afraid. I mean, that's done with empathy and compassion and being able to be a really good judge of character and to be able to read people very quickly. Um, and then really that comes from the experience of really helping thousands of families and being in front of you know, thousands of families and talking to them and, um, um, and certainly recognizing what it means to that family. So you know, good communication starts with listening first and validating how they're feeling Uh, but if you can get to a space where um, you can disarm and you can make them feel heard um, and you can um, bring them to a place when they're feeling fight or flight to feel safe and secure then you're in a pretty good space knowing that you can continue with the rest of the work that needs to be done and sometimes bring them to a place of even surprising themselves and uh that never gets old, and it's, um, I would say it's very, you know, it's it's heartfelt, you know, it's very touching. You are in a space, personally, where you feel very touched by it, and it can be very emotional, you know, and the professional side of you as well is with conviction, because when you know what you know, in order to help a family, There is no being convinced to take the left or the right road. There's only one road, you know, that's going to get you to that space. And that's my job to be able to work that out very quickly. So when I'm with a family that you watch, I see at the beginning, what you see at the end, and then I work backwards. So, you know, I see, I see exactly what you guys are gonna see at the end, but I see it in the, I see it. I see the potential, I see it in the beginning of the first 20 minutes I'm there with the family. And then we've got to roll up our sleeves, you know, and and really get the work done um, and take heed to the emotional journey that happens as well. Because, you know, one family is 45 minutes, 46 minutes of viewing. But, you know, I spend hours with the family and there are many conversations and, you know, it's the integrity of the job and, uh, you know, recognizing uh, where they're at and the conversations that need need to happen. And uh, one of those uh, most precious times are always when you have the opportunity to talk to the children and to give them a voice and to bring visibility to a voice that feels so invisible. And that's always very compelling to watch it's always an honor to be present in those conversations and they're so heartfelt as well you know um so it's a journey for them certainly and um and a heartfelt one for myself as well because you're with family you know you're you're invested like those who watch you're invested you want them to succeed and there's many things that you have to Consider, you know, sometimes families get really really confident and they get really excited because they've made way In the first like three days and they want to jump ahead five steps and you have to say to them No, not right now, right now, you know, and they're like, no, but I want it and I'm like Not right now because you you know that they're not quite ready for that you know and you don't want to sabotage any of the efforts that have been made so all of that really comes, as I say, into, you know, over three decades of experience and you have to look at the intricacies of it all and make sure that you can give them the right guidance that will bring them to a place of not just change, but beyond, you know, it's, it's not just when you, you're there, it's when you're gone and you know that they will continue um, to really take heed of what they've learnt and to continue to instill. Because most families will come off track, you know, or let it slip because they can, um, and then they say no. Like um, a, a classic example um, is the Robertson family. So the father was uh, heavily addictive to the video gaming and I, there was no in between with him. And I said, look, you know, this is gonna be a 90 day takeaway. You've got to find positive highs because this is a negative high for you and it's making you not well. You know, even his skin was looking grey and um, he took 90 days. The first the first day he tried to get into the safe, he couldn't do it. I'd made sure that that was proof for him being not able to. Um, and when he eventually um, opened up the safe because I'd given him the code, um, as soon as the pandemic had begun, he said to me, he said, Joe, he said, I I played it for like four days. He said, I wasn't interested. He said, I'd spent months just doing new things and connecting with my family. It had no value anymore. No value. So again, you see, it's about recognizing what you put in place for a family, knowing that when you're gone, they haven't just showed up because you were there, but they showed up when no one was looking, you know?
0: yeah i love that that you said they showed up when you weren't there like that work continued after you and i and and that's of course what so many people take away from you and what they take away from the shows and so that being said i mean i know of course that people really want help or you know really want to start their journey you know they should reach out to you but for parents that are listening or moms that are listening or whoever may be you know that is thinking like okay I wanna to start to be intentional and work on a few steps at home while I'm home right now with my children and I can. What would be some basic advice that you could give for parents? Yeah,
2: um, so here, here would be a good start, your ABC start. And for those that obviously do want um, more of a personal experience, they can go to joefrost.com. But as a basic ABC, um, I would say, honor the fact that a routine will create more structure. For your family, and it will give you a sense of purpose. The cornerstones are there for a reason. So make sure that it's flexible because sometimes we we'll get stuck in traffic or something happens and there's a delay of 20, 30 minutes. But ideally, everybody should have some form of a schedule that can keep kids to task, that will keep um, the school, the bed times, the meal times, the play times um, in place because that creates stability for a child. And it also allows the child to feel in control of the day as well and know what's happening next. What it does also is it builds trust because the kids can know that when this is done, they're now going to go on and do this. And you know, right now, a lot of parents are struggling with kids believing whether or not they're gonna have the good times if they've got to get some homework done or sit in front of a, a computer to do um, distant learning. Um, I would say right now with a lot of a lot of you know, hot climate right now, and excuse the pun, but I mean, look, we've got fires going on, You know, politics, um, the importance of um, you know, e- equality, uh, justice reform. There is a lot going on right now, and rightly so. Um, I think it's important for us to in- adopt the intention of gratitude. Um, I think it's important to be able to see what we're grateful for. Absolutely. Um, a, lot of adults are doing, a lot of adults are doing that intentionally when they wake up or they're finding a moment in the morning or when the kids have gone to school. But I'd actually like us to practice this with our children. I think it's really important that our children are able to see uh, the good in what is happening. Because as much as we are talking to our children, little tidbits of what's going on, our children don't also need to hear everything. It's our job to protect our young. So according to age, we have to make sure that they're appropriate. And according to we have to make sure that the information accurate were protected by us to not know any discipline. We have to protect our children, especially because we know that kids have been in so much anxiety. I do believe that that has rubbed off the parents' anxiety no children. And that will help you with lots of other things that will come up during the day. I think it's important now, as it's always been, to regulate the socialization with the iPads. So right now the iPads are being used for connecting with friends, education and entertainment. I do think that we have to recognize that that is the purpose it should be and we should regulate it. So We do want our kids socializing on iPads and phones but there needs to be regulation at bedtimes otherwise it can disturb healthy sleep. We do want our children having a little bit of entertainment with the educational apps that they might use or a little after and of course for many they're using it as education but we've got to be able to balance that with getting outdoors as well because sunlight Daylight is vitamin D is good for our immune system. We need to move and get out there, take brisk walks, get the kids on the scooters. Um, And and really, if I can encourage most parents to not keep pushing those little scooters, but let the kids use those big, large motor muscles on the top of their legs, um, then they'll be actually keeping active. So it's really important because they all go together when we use the iPads and the cell phones for their purpose as a tool, and a little bit of education, it means that we can focus on the balance of getting out and moving as well, because we do need to shift that energy. And children have an enormous amount of energy, and most parents are convinced that their children have this extra, extra sort of um, reservation of energy more than any <laughs> other child, right? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. They always think, oh no, my child has more than any other child. I'm like, no, your child is just a child that has as much energy as anybody else's. Um and they need to move. And you know, if a child is not moving briskly for at least 30 minutes out of, you know, the minimum a 60-minute day, um, then um it sits it sits in the body and it can make the mind race and it certainly um, does not contribute to healthier sleep. So that's sometimes why we're seeing a lot of parents right now saying that their five and six year olds are not sleeping so well. Um, And some of that's to do with how they're regulating movement because movement is a big part of reducing anxiety and a mental overload. Um, And again, it's great because when we can put this in place for our kids, it makes us have to step up and be the example. you know, again, that comes with regulating too much sugar and just cutting down here and there and just being more mindful of that, really. And I would say we've got to laugh. You know, we've got to find moments to laugh. We've got to find moments to um, carve out times when if we're just not feeling up to it, it's okay. You know, so the biggest thing for those parents, your main priority right now is to keep your family alive and do what you're supposed to do to keep every other family, you know, alive as well. Um, nothing that you're going to do right now with your kids is going to make or break their success when they're 28, 23, 24, you know. And there's been so much pressure that parents put on themselves, you know, second grade and third grade. Oh my God, it's going to affect their education. They're, they're not going to thrive. It's really not going to have that massive impact that it's going to uh, set their life for later on. So, you know, parents again are overreacting and that's due to a lot of anxiety. So if you're not feeling up to it, and if you're not feeling, pick up the phone, reach out, speak to another mum. you know, turn around and say, I'm having a crappy day today and on this one of those days, um, you know, and change course. You know, maybe you're not going to be doing certain things that you thought you were going to do and you'll pick them up tomorrow or the next day. But you've got to be able to recognize moments when emotionally you're just not feeling up to it, a little bit tired and and stop putting on your plate. Um, do the minimum that you can do so that your kids, you know, are taken care of properly um, and that you are able to pace because there is no expiration date. Um, and. You know, we don't know when we're going to be uh, given m- more freedom as far as being able to do more because of the restraints of the of the virus. Um, and so we have to look at being able to embrace every day and give each other the breaks that we need and support one another, you know, with the conversation. So, you know, some of that, you know, some of that revolves sitting back. Um, I had a question that was asked last week from a mother who said to me, I have a child who's 11 and I have a child who's seven and I've run out of ideas and I don't know what to do. And I said, sit back, let them work it out themselves. Like we shouldn't feel like we have to find a thousand ideas, do what they love and do it again and do it again and let them work out what they wanna do as well. Like we're not there to constantly because of our anxiety, helicopter parents. Let the seven, 11 year old work out themselves what they're gonna do. I mean, I'm sure there's a cupboard or two to clean if they can't think of something, but you know, fitting in the space of I'm bored and then creating and coming up with something is a good place for all of our kids to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I love that. I think that's a great message because it's true. I think there's so much pressure you know, even without the pandemic, just in general, like you said, of the space of having so much in front of you and so much information, so many toys and so many this and so many that, that you're like, oh my gosh, okay, here's this activity, here's this. And I've learned with Amelia, especially, cause she really has loved independent play since she was a tiny little baby. And I encourage her as much as I play with her, I encourage her to do her own thing. I encourage her to draw and explore. I encourage her to take things out and make messes. And then I, you know, I put them back later or I show her how to put them back with me but I encourage her creativity and I notice that she continues to find those creative outlets that you're talking about. Yeah, they do. Eventually they do because there's enough stuff in all of these houses,
2: you know, for, for kids to be able to do. I mean, my God, I've, I've, I, you know, the, the playrooms that I've seen are, are insane, you know, <laughs> um, but you know, I think it poises an important question. Um, who is putting pressure on who? You know, if I was to ask you that you put pressure on yourself, but for who, for who are you putting pressure on yourself for? So it's an interesting question to ask yourself because somewhere along the line, you've got a critic voice and a cheerleader voice, you know? So again, I think, um, it's taking the ego out of parenting and saying, who am I trying to impress? Who am I trying to be perfect for? Whose acceptance do I need? Who do I need to please? You know, and recognizing that you don't need that. You know, you, you need to simmer the critic voice with two cheerleading sentences every time that voice says, you're not doing enough. You haven't done enough. You should have got that done today as well. And why didn't you pick that up? And oh, I can't believe you forgot this. So, you know, every time you hear yourself beating yourself up with that one sentence that puts yourself down, be kind to yourself and give yourself two other sentences that do big up what you have been doing. Your kids love you unconditionally. They know you're doing the best you can and they love you. And for all of those mums and dads that are going to be listening to their podcast, you all know what I'm saying when you're sitting there with your cup of coffee and your kids come over to you and they kiss you for no reason whatsoever, or they put their beautiful little chunky hand on your chin and they look at your face, or they come and just rest themselves, or maybe sometimes they even copy what you've done to them. They might just give you a little massage or a little neck rub, you know. Um, kids, you know, kids, they feel, they feel it's all energy know. So if kids can cut you some slack, then I think that's a good lesson to take from them that parents must do to themselves as well.
0: I love that. I think that's such a great message, Joe. And and before I let you go here, when you were talking about gratitude, you know, I'm curious for yourself and also just for parents, you know, to really check into gratitude. How do you personally check into gratitude and how, how would you encourage other families to do the same like do you have a personal routine that you do do you have a practice like I'm just curious for you to share
2: breakfast
0: I do it at breakfast and I'm open with it as well um,
2: so um, you know I'll come together at breakfast so my husband and I will do that at breakfast um, in the beginning of the pandemic we had our grandson um, and um, I said to him we're going to do gratitude what are we thankful for and he looked at me like, what is this? And so we all sat together having breakfast, you know, we had in for several months. My um, husband did the, the schooling, he was actually doing schooling with Eli um, at that time. And we'd get together in the morning and have breakfast and we'd go around the table, you know, I'd start off and then my husband and then, you know, Eli got the gist of what it was. You know, like, what are you thankful for? Like, what are you happy about today? What are you thankful for? Um, And another word, you know, we say it could be, it's gratitude. It's what we're grateful for. And so he kind of watched, you know, and um as time went on, he started to really think about it. I think the first time he may have said the same thing that I had said as well. And I knew that he was just, you know, following suit. Um, and... And then you could see that he'd already been thinking about it as soon as he got up and you know, we'd sit down and it became, he became so excited. It was like, you know, Nanny, Nanny, we're doing gratitude. I said, of course we are every morning. It's our morning practice. I said to, to be thankful for the things, um, you know for the things t- today, what are we grateful for? What are we thankful for? So we, we did it, Ali, we did it at breakfast time. Um, and sometimes we would do it in the evening as well. Um, and there just became that moment. And I just remember, I was gonna choke me up talking about it, I feel so, so emotional. Aww. But um, there was just this moment when um, we were at breakfast and, and he said, it's, it's gratitude time. I said, it is darling. And he said, I want to go first. I said, absolutely. And his mind just, he, he just went there, you know? He's like, he was grateful for being, he just said, I'm grateful that I'm well, I'm grateful that my family are alive in this virus, you know, because there was a lot of recourse and accuracy that was necessary from what he'd heard. Um, you know, he spoke about, you know, spending, he said, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm spending time with you, Nanny and Papa, and that, you know, that we're going to, and I, I just lost it at the table I was just like oh my god he gets it you know and um it was so genuine it was such a a beautiful genuine moment when I saw that the penny had really dropped and he really understood what this practice meant and um he took it back home with him you know it was like okay we've been doing this I've been doing this with papa and nanny and nanny jojo so I want to do this every morning and um it was just really beautiful, but it, it touched me so much. I just remember I just uh, remember tears coming down my face, looking at my husband. Oh my husband was uh,
0: crying
2: as well, you
0: know? Oh, because like you said, it was this genuine space that yeah. he you know, really authentically connected to. And what you were saying before kids having the feels and feeling all the energy, he really took that from you. And I think that's so beautiful. And I love that I just got tear behind myself I mean yeah it was was such a sweet moment but I you know it
2: was a sweet moment but you know we, we do have these moments you know like he knows that he can just come anytime to talk to me you know if there's anything on his mind he knows the doors open and I think for parents that are asking what how do we do that you know I think those moments are good just before bedtime like you know like after the bath you know, those moments are good just to spend a moment recapping on the day and what made the kids laugh and what was funny. And were there any things that, that worried them or did they hear anything today they might want to discuss? Like we have to continue ongoing dialogue that's short and sweet and its delivery is very nonchalant So that children just feel it's not a pressure you know, sometimes things will pop in their head and other times they won't. Um, but it's just them knowing that the opportunity is there to have those moments where we can just go on a tangent. And, you know, Eli, Eli and I would, would do that. You know, we'd, we'd talk about something and then it would lead us onto something else. And then he'd say, well, I've been thinking, and then we'd go onto something <laughs> else. And it's this great kind of, you know, moments that we can all relate to when our children are five and four and six, and they come out with something and you're like, wow, like philosopher head, like look at them, you know, yeah. um, just, those, just those moments, they're just all parents, you know, grandparents, you know, those that are child caring, you know, we've all experienced and continue to experience those moments that are just so genuine and those special moments that we go, wow this is a moment, you know, this is a moment. So keep embracing those parents, keep embracing those.
0: I love that. That's so beautiful, Joe. Well, thank you so much for all the amazing advice and encouragement and empowerment that you truly give parents, you know, on and off screen and in coaching and everything you do. Is there anything else that you'd want to share with us or leave us with? And of course, tell us where we can find you, follow you and all that good stuff.
2: Yeah, it's really simple. You find me at my house, joefrost.com. <laughs> That's the hub. Yeah, um, you can, you know, be in contact with me there. Um, obviously, people know that I'm on social. Um, you know, people use the Twitter and stuff. But, um, you know, for, for help, for consultation, go to joefrost.com.
0: And, uh, yeah, we'll be with you shortly. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Joe, for being here. Guys, it'll all be in the show notes. And cheers till next time, guys. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe, tune in weekly for new episodes, and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired.